Keris, thank you. Firstly, am I, have, have, I, have I always been saying your name wrong, Keris? And I've no. been a while now. No, it is Keris. Yeah, I thought, I, all right, what a blessing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for uh, asking me to be, and especially with the other poets as well, asking me to be on this album, uh, Keris. And um, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What inspires you to put this together? I know you've been answering questions all day. You've been on the press. You've been pushing the album. I've heard about it from different people <laughs> at different places. Like, Lem, you've been on the radio, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, but do you mind me asking you that question at the beginning? Because it's, it's, it's great to be on the album. It's great to have seen you over the years consistently finding people who use words in interesting ways. Um, poets, you know, you know, have you anybody who's a poet from Nick Cave to uh, Bob Marley to uh, Tupac Shakur, you know, so I, I would ask the question, what brought you to bring us together? Because I'm, I'm really pleased to be here and to be on the album. Just, I guess, from a, a, as a fan, you know, I've, over the last, I don't know, several years, it's just been so many great pieces of work put out in the ether. And um, I'm also a fan of going into the BBC archive and Decca archive. And I've been sent over the years so many recordings of poets, past poets that are no longer with us. People like Ted Hughes and Sylvia Plath and WB Yeats. And there's even a recording of Lord Tennyson. They're not sure if it's actually him, but Langston Hughes is another example. The sound of somebody's voice is so powerful, whether they're talking in an interview or reading their own work, that it is it is so much, it gives so much more back than just a photograph somehow. Um, hearing Ted Hughes's voice reading is just so wonderful. And I just thought as a fan of the stuff that you guys have been doing and, and many other writers, I wanted to make sure that your voices are recorded and put into these various archives. This is 2020, 2021. You know, there's a lot of things going on and a lot of great work coming out in response and processing the stuff and it. And I wanted to record it. And that was really the impetus behind it. I, I was working with Decker in their archive. And um, I said, well, why don't we start with, a, with an album of, of the current generation of writers? I mean, I'm really pleased to be on the album, but you know, I look at poets like Anthony and Mayo and uh... And uh, yeah, I'm extra pleased to kind of be here, really. Uh, I introduce everyone to Joe, who's in on my screen in the middle. Well, I've put the gallery on. Joe Atchison is Hidden Orchestra. So you haven't met Anthony and Lem and right. Ma, and there he is in the middle. Can you, um, Joe, you also have been um, enjoying the sound of people's voices and setting music and sound to um, poetry for a while. Tell us a little bit, if you don't mind me, Lem, asking Joe to, a bit about his his history in this kind of area. Sure. Uh, well, yeah, most of the music I make, um, especially the hidden orchestra stuff, is all uh, instrumental. And um, but I've always had a a really strong relationship with words, and um, I love reading and wordplay and all kinds of stuff. And um, for me, I started exploring it in mixtapes where I would take poets. I'd done stuff with these, those Ted Hughes recordings as well. 
and um, people like Shake Keen and um, Linton Quasi Johnson, Kate Tempest, and um, lots of rappers like Afri Ra and J Live, and just mixing together lots of spoken word and music. Um, something I really enjoy doing. And that was something I don't think Keris knew much no. about me having yeah, got involved with because she knew she's always been a great supporter of Hidden Orchestra. Um, so yeah, when she asked me to get involved, it was from the sound and music point of view and, and finding out that I had also an interest in words and poems uh, was yeah, a happy coincidence. You sound a bit like Whispering Bob. Yeah, not which I think is say cool. it, yeah. I'm a low talker. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, it's great. No, no, the absolute opposite. It's great. It's a specific sound. <laughs> whispering Joe. <laughs> yeah, whispering Joe, yeah. Because the history of poetry and music is like a, a, a long one, you know, and it goes back like, uh, well, it's probably been there since the beginning of time, you know, beginning of spoken word to a degree. Yeah, but, the bards. Yeah. But more recently, you've got uh, W.H. Auden doing Nightmail, wasn't it? Nightmail, it's the mm. film of the train, and he did it with Benjamin Britten, and that was like classical music. And then you, you have got Tupac Shakur, who wrote the book, you know, I'm aging myself here now, but who wrote the book, The Rose That Grew From Concrete, that had the lyrics from his tracks that were first written as poems, really clearly. And you can see in the book, Tupac editing the poem, you can see on one on one page you have the the written text, and on another page you have his scribbling out and 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 putting new words in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's got an introduction by the brilliant poet Nikki Giovanni from America, who's a Black American uh, LGBT uh, uh, poet um, based at um, one of the universities. And then you've got all of the all of the a lot of the eight um, uh, generation. What, yeah, the Beat Generation, but also you mentioned his name from Harlem, the Harlem Renaissance. Langston Hughes known. and Sarah Webster uh, Fabio. Langston name Hughes. Begins with Langston Hughes. A lot of his work has been put, oh, put to music. Yeah, yeah, put to music. Got, you know, the obvious is that Gil Scott Heron and Linton Quasey Johnson, some of Public Enemy's work, I believe, is as poetry as well, and that rap is a form of poetry, etc. So it's kind of, it works that poetry should be with music. Mm. It makes sense, you know, and it's happening all around us. I wish people connected the, the dots sometimes, you know. <laughs> we, were having, we were having a conversation off air um, about this. I've, I didn't realise this is obviously the first album I put together. Well, actually, it's not it's the second because I put a play to music before Ch Child's Christmas, an essay. But... Um, the question people are asking all the time is, oh, why did you want to work with poetry? <laughs> oh, and, and it's like, oh, my God. You have to stop me now, Anthony. You'll have to jump in because I've got an answer and I'll, I'll just keep <laughs> talking. And it's, 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 I will come in after you, Anthony. What's the question? The question, the, the point, the question is, is like, the, the, the point is, is that people often will ask why poetry? you know when it you know as, as if it is some distant echo from their everyday life as if it should just belong in an old book like this left yeah. on a shelf yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know i think i think poetry has a bad pr rep 
to be honest. Uh, it, needs, it needs a revamp. Um, I, I think that the way that we think about culturally and from a class perspective, how we think about poetry, plays to its detriment. Um, a lot, most people kind of outside of the poetry world <clears throat> would experience poetry in secondary school, not have a great time with it, and they never want to bother with it again. And so it kind of, it, they've had a really, not knowing that it's actually everywhere within their kind of like, within music, advertising, it's all over. It's in every single part of the social tapestry. There is poetry there. And it's poets who essentially, I believe anyway, progress language. They're, they're at the frontier. They're pushing, they're challenging, they're taking risks to invent new modes of saying things which essentially create new worlds to think about the world that we're in now and so you know you need to have people doing that kind of work in order for it to happen then you have to have people on the other end who enjoy thinking in that kind of way and, and navigating the poem in that way i agree mm. i agree yeah. whenever there's <coughs> sorry mayor no sorry that's fine and also just whenever there's like a, a, a <laughs> no, uh, I just feel free to call me uh, Belinda, but um, I guess I just wanted to respond to just the relationship between music and poetry. Um, and I think for a lot of people, they ask that question because they're just not aware of that history that's been mentioned between these two art forms. Um, for me, I'm really interested in um, the oral traditions of mostly Southern African traditions of poetry, and specifically Shana. Po poetics, Shana being from Zimbabwe, and how that poetry is an everyday part of life, but how a lot of that poetry is musical, it's, it's rhythmic, it's pretty much also song, but also even the word lyric comes from the lyre, which is an instrument. You know, poetry comes from a time when we were pairing that instrument with lyrics. So poetry and music really go hand in hand from the beginning of time. Then also we have the Black Arts Movement, which is of amazing jazz poets just the tradition of jazz poetry alone uh can say a lot about the combinations of what music and poetry can do together but poets like jane cortez uh amina baraka nikki giovanni was mentioned earlier as well uh, and tozaka shange all these amazing black women poets from the 60s and the 70s who made incredible work with jazz music as well so i just want to set it up because we went to abbey road in february of 2020 and um, Belinda went into the vocal booth and then started reading, reciting Flame Lily. And I could, I could, I'll always remember it because it, the, the, the whole of the studio just went so silent. It could, the pin could drop. And it was all there because you just mentioned the rhythm. Mm. And I always think of Miles Davis when I hear your piece, Belinda, because it's, um, it's just it, the pauses are as powerful as the words that come mm, to break it up. And we didn't, Joe, you you testify to this when we heard your reading. We didn't want to mess with what you set down at all. Not a, not a microsecond. Joe, you, you, you take over at this point. Yeah, I think it's really important. Um... I think the, the amazing thing is with this record is having the, the poems actually read by the poets themselves um, because I think it makes such a huge difference to have that authenticity behind the delivery and uh, particularly with um, Belinda's poem just uh, one thing I really like in, in production is taking 
really soft sounds, like a really softly recorded clarinet or something, and then playing it back really loudly over a big sound system and trying to keep that power in the sort of really beautiful softness in the way that Belinda delivered the poem, but then set it against this really angular kind of heavy drums and bass and leave all the, yeah, we kept the original pacing and rhythm of, of all of the poems. No, we did no editing on them at all. So the challenge was to find a tempo that would work with that and then to build the structure so that the the interplay between the beats and the sounds and the words would just sort of all bounce off each other and yeah it was a it was a real real joy. Linda we were quite nervous of playing it back to you once we'd finished it if we're honest. No I loved um, it. I, I, yeah. did, did you expect it to be like this? No I didn't um, I think because I do a lot of stuff with musicians um, and a lot, it's, there's, I guess there's a difference from when you're doing something with someone's project and doing stuff for yourself. Uh, and stuff for other people's projects, you can't really ever say a lot of the time how they like work with your voice and how they set your voice to the music and all these things. So there was a part of me that was, I wasn't necessarily nervous. I think I was just more like just anticipating and I was curious to see what you would do. Uh, but I didn't expect such a very heavy and strong sound because <laughs> a lot of people are scared of poetry and a lot of the time they're scared to really go there and frame it with, it with all types of music. I think a lot of the time they think it's something to really kind of put under slow, gentle music so that the poet speaks and the people hear the words, you know. And this was just like this combination of that, um, the, the delivery and, and that kind of pace with the drums. And yeah, it just, it just worked wonderfully. And... Yeah, first time I heard it, I think I was just screaming around my flat and I just kind of mm. played it like three times back to back because I was just like, it bangs. <laughs> yeah, I was really, really happy to hear it back. It sounded so sick. I still listen to it regularly. It came up on my 2020 Spotify rap because sometimes for having a wine, I'm just like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it sounds good. I'm really into it. I think you guys smashed it. Lem, have you heard the rest of the tracks? Can you hear? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm curious to know about, I don't, sorry, sorry to, in case you wanted to take the conversation somewhere else, but um, yeah, just curious about your process as well, just sort of like sitting with the poems and what you had in mind, really, like, did you, yeah, like, did you have a vision beforehand and, and did that change a bit whilst um, sort of sitting with the music and also like working together uh, to make the sound element of the album? Well. The, I'm, I'm hoping that this isn't going to be the only poem song album because um, mm. I got a really lofty idea that we could put out a whole series of albums with the subject matter being as wide as life on earth but that because this is the first one it should be quite young and about emerging beings and journeys about to begin mm -hmm. um, and the fact that what I loved about your poem was um, it is that that we 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 emerge as new beings, but we come on the back of our forefathers and mothers and the back of layers of history. Nobody comes out of a vacuum. Mm -hmm. um, and then I hadn't I had a whole list of the poems that I thought would work together because I wanted them to cross reference as well within loose, very loosely within that sort of theme of of Genesis. But when you went in to record Flame Lily, I was like, oh my God. I had a different title to the album as well. Um, and then <laughs> what you was went the in... initial title? <laughs> I don't remember now, because yours has just become it. Um, what was it? 
not as good. I'll, I'll have to I'll, I'll look because I've got it in my notes. But um, yeah, poem. so when you hear, I come from it's the sun is repeated in that in that poem, and it's that's it. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's it. We come from the sun. Um, and then and then it was a match of we actually were going to start the album with Adam Horowitz's poem. Right. Because I wanted to, I wanted it to be, we wanted it to be a journey that, because a lot of the songs overlap into each other. So I wanted yeah. it to be like you grab hold of the listener's hand and we go on this journey together. And, and it initially started in Gloucestershire, you know, <laughs> in, the, in, um, in, in Stroud, in the Slad Valley, in, in the pub, the Woolpack, where Laura Lee used to drink with Adam Horowitz's talking about nostalgia really about where he's from mm. um but then last minute really last minute almost before it was too late because it was all going to press i was like no no and we need to start with blinders and and the whole order of the album stayed the same but i just wanted to smash open the door not to step in tentatively or try and mm. creak it open by a jar but it it it, it was it made sense to start with yours because it was so obviously about this emerging being, if you know what I mean, this mm -hmm. new person on the back of what what came before her, and and it was unapologetic and strident and powerful, and and so that's so we we flipped it right at the last minute, but it it all makes sense, and I love the way they cross cross reference some of the like Badger in yours, Anthony is referenced mm. in, a, in, a, in a Kim Moore's poem as well. And there's the little tiny little things like that going on. Yeah, that's why there's an ending to the album halfway through now. <laughs> <laughs> a big like montage of sounds from all the tracks that was supposed to close the whole thing off, but that's now bang in the middle. <laughs> but, but it makes sense right if you've decision. got the vinyl, the vinyl, yeah, it, see, it, it ends the first side, bang, like the Beatles song, and then you swap over and, and, you're, and it continues. I like that. I like that. I like the way you've done that, because sometimes when, like, it's like when doing gigs, sometimes the gig, the poem that I want to finish on, that I think, you know, that's my, that's the killer one, you know, I can always, I can always get that one. I used to do that years ago. I put that as the first now. <laughs> I do. I put it as the first because I just want to shake. Yeah, I want to shake myself up and I want to shake the audience up. You know, and then, and then you find new pathways. You know, I'm so pleased you did that, uh, Keris. I really am. Mm. That, that's that's what producing's about, man. That's, yeah, that's it. So, Joe, talk us through what we did with Lem's track. Um. So this one felt a little bit different in that, as I understood it, it was written sort of with a, a public audience in mind rather than coming from a private perspective. Wembley. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and I, I did manage to get hold of some recordings of Wembley, which we, we used in this, um, which I, I can't see where I got those from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Karis had um, really thought with all the poems, she'd structured the whole order of the album and thought about the kind of um, relationship between the sounds and emotions. We didn't want to do anything literal. Um, and in fact, in a way, Anthony's was the closest in having those car sounds. But what we were actually going for was sort of connecting the emotion of a, an audio recording with the emotion in the poem. So. In Anthony's, those recordings of cars are me leaning out of a hotel window in Cairo and <laughs> Paris and thinking about my life and career and how I've ended up in these places. And, you know, that seemed to make a connection. 
so with them's poem Keris um yeah had this real feeling of lying down by a campfire looking at the stars and the sort of swooping phaser sounds and so with that in mind and with that slightly more um public angle on on the actual words as well it's a slightly more commercial kind of feel to the track um it's a bit more synthy there's um one of the drummers from my band playing lots of um, log drum percussion in it, which uh, he also features on Belinda's track. What I really like, Joe, is that you've treated each each one, you've treated unique as a unique entity in itself. And I really like that. I'm sure that there are things that draw them all together that you understand, but I like that in particular. And I like this, and it did, it did feel like you were out looking at the stars, you know. Um, I wanted to ask before, like, I've just done a track for Leftfield for the next album. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been in the studio or what have you. And, and I, 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 what happens, yeah. And then what happens is, is with Neil, actually, uh, what happens is, is that, um, uh, you know, they'll put me on and then they'll just change my voice. They'll even change the pitch of my voice at times. <laughs> I actually, I, I, I love it because they're just, you know, they, they're, they're, they're geniuses. And um, uh, were you ever tempted, you know, to sort of add the add the tonal thing to the voices, or to take them down a pitch, or to even just distort them out of all recognition? Or were you were you you know were you respecting those by not doing that? Yeah, I think that's a rabbit hole. You know, once you start heading down that, um, <laughs> it really felt like. Uh, keeping that authenticity, the tone, the delivery, you know, those poems yeah, but everything is to build around. When I say that, when I say that they did things, they did things, but they did them true to the authenticity. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, they're talented guys. Well, we'll put some auto-tuner on you next time, Lam. You can do a share, <laughs> a share in it. I believe. <laughs> but it's, it's just a real it's a, anyway that was a question that i wanted to ask about the other work the other author's work because i could you know but, but i knew that had to be an artistic decision of yours not to for example yeah. slow a voice down out of all recognition because it it suits the mood of the of the thing but uh well, that was, was amazing thanks. thanks but yeah there was a temptation to um edit things and you know, if, if I really would have liked a word to fall at, the, you know, the start of the next beat or something, but yeah. I think in those situations, I've just got the tempo wrong. So, I mean, the first step was listening to the poems over and, and counting them in my head and finding that natural pulse. And um, if, you know, I, my tempo is drifting away from that, then I just had to find a way of making it work. So, yeah. It seems like you, it seems to me like you also found with each one of us, the emotional rhythm as well, which is a kind of different rhythm. You know, it, it's like you have a, a drum, you know, could be right on the, right on it, or it could just sit off it, you know. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It seems like you felt, you felt us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mind. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I don't know if, if we've got time, but do, does anyone fancy reading anything? Any new pieces of work or anything? Hey, I've got this. It's from Rathlin Island, which is just off the coast of um, Northern Ireland. And it was a sign in the community center. And I just love it. Can you read it? 
Just Thanks. open mine. Mind the step. <laughs> yeah. I just know it looks like it's got push mind, like that push to open mind the step. It's just brilliant. That's, <laughs> that's poetry in, mm. in a public space. <laughs> Sorry. That's your new album cover. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> push to open mind the step. Love it. Keris, I just want to say that I'm really pleased to be around. I'm really pleased to be on this album because I know it's going to be, it's the first of something. And that, that you would make an album like this signifies a moment. You're a nationally known and loved um, artist, but, but, but just to put, it, put this out there, you're, you're a, a, a radio journalist um, to the nation. And, I, you know, this, this, you doing this, signifies that something is happening in the in in the country and in the world um Kate Tempest you know getting winning the Mur Mercury Prize or get getting nominated in the Mercury Prize having a hit novel uh, also writing poetry and taking it into stadiums that is signifying great change and over my kind of 50 years I've never known it to be as exciting as it is now uh, that is poetry and um uh, Anthony's an example of that, um, and and I'm so I'm just really pleased to still be relevant to this album. Um, just thank you for all taking the trust in Joe and myself with your work as well. Um, at this point as well, Anthony, do you want to talk about the book you've just put out? Um, yes. Yeah, uh, I can do. Um, it's just a, it's a small little uh, book on. It's called How to Write It. Um, and it's out with, with murky books um, and I wrote it over lockdown, the first lockdown in April, well between March and uh, kind of May, so I had seven weeks to write this book um, and it's basically just um, some tips on how to think about poetry, approaches that kind of go outside the conventional way of, of thinking and writing poems, but I've kind of fused it with some um, anecdotes my experiences at school, I was in all the, the bottom sets. I went to very good school, but I didn't do very well um, in that school. And so I kind of write about the damage that kind of a hierarchical, tier-driven education system can do to young people, particularly working class guys from um, ethnic backgrounds. And um, and yeah, so I kind of, and then at the end, it's got this whole thing about how you get your work published, but it's very poetry, heavy in this if that's my field of and that's what I know so I kind of based it around poetry and some fiction but a lot of the principles you can kind of carry over so um so yeah I mean I didn't have a long time to write it and it is for people who are looking to get published rather than people who are already published but I kind of try and cover as much as I can within those within 30,000 words what's the title uh, how to write it do you want to give any tip, top tips right now or not really? Um, I mean, it's something that I tell myself the whole time, um, and that is risk, like take, take risks. Yeah, I love that. It's very important. When you don't take risks, you're not going into new territory. You're just doing what's been done. And it's boring for me anyway. I find that stuff very boring. So I like things that I've never thought about. I like weird stuff, experimental you know, people, I think Wallace Stevens said that 
all poems are experiments, and I really like that it should be that, you know, it should be an experiment. I've got, a link, I've, I've got a link to it in the in the chat to the oh, book. Thanks, thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Oh, there it is. Yeah, great. Thanks. Yeah, I'm wondering what, what you're up to at the minute, Belinda. Um, yeah, so uh, I just got uh, awarded a Develop Your Creative Fund Arts Council grant. Um, so I'm excited to be working on the project that I applied to work on, which is going to be a little in project with me exploring voice and text. So it's going to be an EP. Um, oh. I've numerous voices, polyphonic, singing maybe, just voice, voice, all the things voice can do, but also, of course, poetry, because poetry is life. So, yeah, definitely I'm excited to get on with that. So, yeah, we'll see how it sounds around October. It might just be falling apart by then, but, you know. But, Belinda, <laughs> there's the poem I absolutely adore, where you sing a little song from your childhood or from a childhood. Could you sing that snippet? Do you know the, the one? Is it the, the Zoka poem? The what? The Zoka poem? Yeah. Zoka? Yeah. Zoka. Uh, Zoka. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. you, you mix it's music Zoka, within yeah. the poem. Yeah. It's actually not from my childhood. It's just a little uh, little melody that I came up with. Uh, so it's a... Um, Zoka. Zoka. Zoka, Zoka, Zoka unga fe, Zoka unga chke, Zoka, Zoka, Zoka unga fe, Zoka unga chke, Ufa unga fe, Uchka unga chke. Zoka, Zoka. So yeah, that's just a shot of we'll come back home. Beautiful. So I love the way that you bring Thank music you. into your poetry. Mm, yeah, uh, new, new, new experiments, new experiments, taking risks as advised by Anthony and Xavira. But yeah, um, music is, I don't know, music and poetry for me just, it's a conversation that's ongoing so i'm always i just don't see it as that separate i feel like it just bleeds into each other so easily so yeah we'll see how it sounds it's, uh, you know really good, uh, poetry then you know who's got a good take on Sorry, say that again uh do you know who's, who's got, got a good, good a good take on poetry and music is lynn maxwell who's this yeah uh, so lynn maxwell yeah lynn maxwell is my lynn maxwell um, sorry yeah, yeah, he's got a book called On Poetry, and he's got a whole chapter okay. on music. Like, he just squashes the music. Is Bob Dylan a poet? Mm. Like, he squashes the debate. Mm. Um, it's, mm. it's great. It's really good. His, his argument, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, his argument, in short, is that, um, that the musicians and lyricists are essentially poets, but it's poetry that's been set to music, as opposed to poetry Interesting. that is, is in its purest form or in its most traditional form, which is from the advancement of the printing press on the page. Mm. But as obviously, as we were saying before, the spoken word predates the written word, and this stuff has always been around, mm. it's just have kind of mm. created 
system or hierarchy of understanding. Interesting. Interesting. Thank you for that, Anthony. I'm definitely going to check it out. For sure. Thank you. I hope, you know, I hope, Keris, I hope that you might even ask, um, like, like lyricists who are known singer-songwriters. Maybe I'm wrong here, but, 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 but people who, as I can think of very famous writers, very famous singers who love poetry, and that they would read uh, one of Anthony's poems as well, or that they would read, you know, uh, a Kate Tempest poem or a poem by Belinda, you know, because I think they're itching to get in on it. I, uh, I, I, uh, I don't take much persuading to do that myself. I, I think it's it's no different to to getting a song given to you that you sing, to identifying with a poem and reciting it. There's no difference. You just want to bring mm. those words alive. The Gallagher brothers are, are Irish, Irish, right? They, you yeah. know, they are from Irish descendants. They would love to read poetry. One of them would. I promise you. Whatever you, whatever you think. You know, those 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 non-linear links. Are what we need to see, you know, because that's the truth of it. Mm. You know, they, they are, yeah, yeah. I swear to God, Nick Nick Cave would do it um, on Sylvia Plath. Uh, Dave Haslam, <laughs> you know, you could get DJs. Dave Haslam from the Happy Ender, you know, reading um, who Dylan. Yeah, get get um, Owen Shears to read uh, Dylan Thomas. So that's a bit of a cliche, but. But you know, get 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 one of the guys from who's the uh, Welsh band of the Stereophonics, Stereophonics Kelly. Get, yeah, get him to read Dylan Thomas. Get you know, or not just Dylan Thomas. There's more than bloody Dylan Thomas in Wales as poets. You know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, because because that 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 brings the noise as well. That brings the noise mm. as well. And they're gagging to do. <laughs> I'm going to tell them that you're gagging to do. Sorry. This. Lem, is it time? Yeah. For, is it <laughs> yeah. time for questions? Do you think? Is it question time? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do questions. Yeah. From the people. By the way, Anthony, somebody bought your book while while we were. Yeah. 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 I saw it in the chat. I'm watching I'm chat here. Fine. I think it was Tony. Somebody said I've just bought uh, Anthony's book. Is uh, that, to is that Tony from Liverpool? Hey, no, Tony. Tony. He's famous. Tony. He's poetry. <laughs> So no, so no, Tony should not be writing poetry, and I'll tell you why. He said, "I'm a poet, and I didn't know it." He actually said that in chat, and I said to him, "Sorry, it's over." You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's so cruel. Somebody uh, else said no, it's a crime sorry, to write. Tony. <laughs> oh, no, don't mind. I'm crying. It's a crime to rhyme. I like that. Uh, I like that. It's a, he's it's he's a, got the best it's jokes. A, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a, it's a bollock to sonnet. It's a bollock it's to sonnet. It's a crime to rhyme. It's a crime to rhyme. No. And by the way, um, Belinda, do you know uh, do you know Lebo Machile? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, I'm a, uh, I'm a huge fan. I was I was born in Zim and lived until I was twelve, so. What I grew okay. up with was the Lebo Machiles and the also South African pop culture. Culture, yeah. yeah she's, also, she's, she's, she's also a She's like yeah. a goddess. Yeah, for sure. That that yeah yeah. Keris, you're right. Yeah, no, Let's ask sure. questions. No, she's. A, I'm a huge fan for sure. <laughs>
Who's asking questions? Um, I don't know. It, is there the the rough trade team? Are there questions? Okay, from we've got people? well, we've we've got five minutes. Uh, sorry, I just had a message from Rough Trade. We've got five minutes. Uh, then somebody says Damon Alburn would be good. Would he? Oh, um, somebody. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyway, somebody said Tony said he's the new he's the new William McDonnell. That's one question. It's not a question. And and uh, Abo Ab Abbott says words is for turds. Thanks, uh, Abby, for that. <laughs> I think it was supposed to be funny. Uh, can you ask the question? We should end on this. Um, and it, the question is: Can you learn to write poetry? Or is it a gift? Uh, Anthony? Um, My I, it's a, I, I, I've, had, I've had this question a few times. I think that, um, I think it's a craft. And like with any craft, you have to work at it. You have to know the parameters that you're working around. You have to know the tools that you're working with. And then after that, it's completely up to you. You know, like you can teach someone how to play the piano, but you can't teach them what to play. And I kind of feel it's that same kind of principle when it comes to poems. You can teach someone how to perform on a page, but what they write and how they use language at a sentence level and at a line level, you can't teach that stuff. It, it is what it is. But it's like knowing the theory. I know the theory, but I can't actually do the thing. Or, you, know, you know the theory, you can do it. So, I think that's where I sit with it anyway. But it is a craft. Like, I think it is something that you have to keep working at and you have to keep practicing. And the more you do it, the more you read and the more you challenge yourself to go into places that you're not comfortable with in regards to what you're reading, I think the better you become. And reading is also a form of writing. Yeah, and you know that because you do that. Yeah. Yeah, I do that a lot. I do that a lot. I'm a bit obsessed. My problem is I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an obsessive and that's not healthy, but it, it kind of means you just keep, you just keep going at something and you can never stop. There's no end. Um, yeah. I think that is the perfect place to end. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks, well, I just Thanks. want to say thank you to everybody that's joined us tonight and um, I hope you enjoy all the the words and the music and the sounds and the album and if you join me on a Sunday on Six Music as well which I know many of you do thank you and for all the music stuff that you send my way thank you and um, to Joe it's been great working with you and I look forward to meeting you in the flesh we've yeah. not met yet one day. <laughs> flesh one day and oh uh, yeah good luck to all of you with all the projects and Lem thank you for sharing tonight thank you I, I just didn't know I was sharing so if I chaired, then yeah. I know you asked me, but I, I just, it's just, you know, pandemic brain. Uh, and I apologise for that. You're a natural, babe. Thanks. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> what are you up to now? Before we go, Lynn, what's what are you working on, apart from working with Left Field? Uh, um, I'm basically spending every day and night nursing my depression like it was like a little inner child baby. So I wake up in the morning and I just sit in a corner of my face just stroking a non-existent sort of sense of existential angst uh, and, then I, and then I go to bed so you know it's not that bad is it 
I'm trying to be funny and it's not working. Um, I, I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm I've got. I'm, I've got a thing called 64 million artists, which I'm doing at the moment, which is one creative act per day. There's about 30,000 people taking part at the moment. It's all on, on Twitter. It's called the January Challenge, and um, yeah, there's a bit of that. And a, and a, you know, yeah, yeah. Lots of love yeah. to them. What are you up to, Joe, now? Lots of love. Um, too many things as usual. Um, I Don't rub it in, Joe. Uh, <laughs> I did uh, an infinite album that never repeats. I just released and i um, working on a few art installations and a few new records and, yeah, watch this place. Mm -hmm.